Welcome to Spread-Led Life with HMI. Stay tuned for an anointed word by Pastor Dion Hockey. We hope this session builds your faith. Hello everybody, welcome to today's session. My name is Pastor Dion Hockey from Healing Ministries International. And uh, we are so glad to be with you today. And I'm looking forward to starting a brand new series, a teaching that I want to explain to you on how we are to expand the kingdom of God. Amen. I pray that you have enjoyed the last couple of weeks with Pastor Stephen Hockey as he taught about why we need to have miracles in our lives. And uh, I pray that you really learn something from that. Amen. We have been having exciting times in our meetings. We've seen people being healed, people being delivered. We've seen people being baptized in water. We've seen people uh, uh, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. We have been in revival. We have seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. We have seen uh, just miracles happening over and over and over. So there is an absolute definite move of the Spirit of God. God right now happening in here in South Africa and in the meetings that we've been having. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube, on Instagram, on Telegram. There's so many uh, platforms where you can can uh, see what we are doing for God and for his kingdom. But I'm very excited to minister to you today and share with you the seven strategies. I say seven, and uh, I don't think we'll get through all of that, but I'm, I'm going to teach you on how to advance the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for this time that we can sit around the Word and that we can uh, learn from the Word. I pray today, Father, that you will open up the eyes of the people, that they will get revelation and understanding concerning the kingdom of God. Lord, bless the service. I rebuke Satan. I come against every attack uh, for the viewers that are watching, Lord, that they will not be distracted, but that they will have a pen and paper ready, Lord, to write down that which I'm teaching. And I ask you, Father, that you'll speak deep, deep, deep into all the viewers' hearts in Jesus' name. And if you agree with me, say amen. Well, this is wonderful. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting topic to speak about the kingdom of God. And uh, I always make this joke that say a lot of people are narrow-minded and not kingdom-minded. I've seen this through the years. How many people get saved, come to church, or go to church even, but it's just about themselves. And I need to tell you that it's not about just ourselves. We have to get a kingdom mentality, and we have to be kingdom-minded and think bigger Uh, than just inside of your church's four walls or even there where you are watching right now. We have a mandate from God. We have a commandment from God. And he says in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 that we are to go out and preach this gospel uh, to all the people. We are to make disciples. We are to baptize them. In other words, it it is every Christian's obligation and duty to get out there and to, to expand God's kingdom. Obviously, if you are part of a church, if you are a church member, it is your duty to get involved in your church 
and to help your church reach out to the community, reach out to people to get saved. Amen. So you have to make a plan to get involved in this. But I'm, I want to speak to you about how um, are we to advance the kingdom of God. I'll give you some strategies on what is needed to be done. But before we get into that, I quickly want to quote you some scriptures. Matthew 28 verse 18, Jesus comes and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Wow, that's good news. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Amen. Then the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 10 verse 36, he said, uh, 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 the Apostle, sorry, not Paul Peter, the Apostle Peter preached and he preached that the resurrected Son of God is Lord of all. That's very important to know that Jesus is Lord of all. Amen. In the book of Revelations, that's in 17 verse 14 and 19 verse 16, Paul writes and proclaims in the book of Revelation, I keep saying Paul, (laughs) John writes, excuse me, John writes and he says that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, amen, that's who Jesus is. Now we get to Paul who writes in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and Paul says that Christian believers are part of the kingdom of of the Son. We are in the kingdom of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, uh, we, we learn here that there's a lot of mention. And I just want to give you more. The New Testament uses the number of, of, of phrases for the kingdom. And these are some of the phrases that he says. It's the kingdom of God. He speaks about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of their Father, the kingdom of God. Uh, God's kingdom, his kingdom, uh, the kingdom of the Son, the kingdom of Christ, uh, Christ's kingdom, my kingdom, meaning Christ's kingdom, the kingdom of light, the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These are the Bible phrases I'm quoting to you. The kingdom of the Lord and of his Messiah, or simply just the kingdom. So we find that there is a whole lot of phrases referring to the kingdom. Now, these are not different kingdoms, but it all points to one kingdom. Amen. It all points to God's rule and reign in the human affairs, in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we talk about the kingdom, it's referring to God and Jesus Christ. Amen. There's one kingdom, and this is what you and I are to work for. Remember, we got born again into the kingdom of God. We have become citizens of the kingdom of God. We've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, and therefore we have a mandate to take this good news uh, out to the world and proclaim the world that Jesus is Lord and that he is Lord over a big kingdom. And that's heaven. And you and I are going to spend eternity there one day when we die. Amen. And we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be selfish about this wonderful news. We need to take this out. But <clears throat> to start in explaining or spreading the gospel of the kingdom, I believe the very first strategy that we need to apply when we talk about the kingdom of God is to bring people to the fact that we mustn't preach just a feel-good Christian message, but we have to preach a message of repentance. I'm going to say it again. We mustn't just preach a feel-good Christian message, which a lot of people are doing, but we are to firstly preach the message of repentance. I'm going to read to you in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. 
Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it says this, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And this is what John the Baptist said, verse 2. He said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Please note what he's doing. He's saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He has another verse in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus now comes. It was first John the Baptist who came. Now Jesus comes and he says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that amazing? John says, Repent. Jesus says, Repent. So repentance is part of the gospel. You cannot separate the two. Repentance, I find this, you know, how many ministers in pulpits today speak very encouraging messages to people, but yet a lot of people are not hearing the message of repentance. Yet the word repentance occurs more than uh, two dozen times in the Old Testament and then dozens of times in the New Testament. So the commandment repentance is seen literally hundreds of times in the Bible. Amen. Hundreds of times the word repentance is all over the word of God. We have to preach repentance. And obviously, if you know what repentance means, uh, it's very clear. And I'm sure your pastors have told you that before. But repentance means to renew your mind. Uh, Another explanation is to change your way of thinking. Amen. That's what it means to repent. Not to think the old way, but to think God's way. That's how we do it. I, I was in the world. I, I was uh, 25 years old. When I heard the message of Jesus Christ, I was an alcoholic, a fighter, a smoker, and a gambler, and whatever you want to say. I did all of that. And my mind wasn't renewed because I just took it for granted that this is normal. The whole world is doing what I'm doing. My parents drank and smoked and and my friends drank and smoked. And, and, you know, all the people I knew were doing that. So for me, it was just natural and it was normal. But when I went to church and I heard the gospel message for the first time and the preacher who preached, whose name was Peter Pretorius of Jesus is Alive Ministries, when he preached, he preached a message of repentance. And all of a sudden, I heard that the things that I've been doing in my life, which I thought was normal, well, I discovered it's not normal, and that's not what God wants for my life. And so I repented on the 23rd of December, uh, 23rd of September 1990, and my wife and I stood up, walked forward in that service, and we gave our hearts to Jesus Christ. And then I got a wonderful gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I also got a Bible. Oh, thank goodness for the Word of God. And I got the Bible, and I began to open up the Bible and read the Bible, and guess what happened when I read the Bible? My mind started changing. My thinking started changing and I discovered things in the word of God. I never knew. Nobody told me that. My parents didn't know it. My friends didn't know it. And it's obvious because they never went to church and they were not told. So when I went to church, I started learning. And as I learned from the word of God, repentance took place. Listen, when you get saved, you repent and you say, Lord, forgive me my sins 
and uh, the blood of Jesus comes and washes you immediately, right? And when you're, when you're cleansed in the blood of Jesus and you receive Christ into your heart, that is salvation. But I want to tell you this. Once I got saved, now, um, and I've been washed in the blood, my mind was still thinking, even though my spirit man was renewed, my mind was still thinking the worldly way. So it took many weeks and months to sit in the Word and to hear the Word over and over and over. And as I heard the Word of God, the Word of God washed all the junk in my mind away and it cleansed my way of thinking. And slowly but surely, I began to think like the Bible wants me to think. I began to talk like Jesus. I began to minister and operate like Jesus. I began to think like Jesus and do the things that God wanted me to do. It is not an immediate um, uh, a mind-changing experience that you have. Yes, your spirit is immediately renewed when you get born again, but you have to now diligently and obediently work on studying the Word of God, going to the church, and allowing the Word to change your mind. Amen. So repentance is very, very important. In so many churches, we hear the message preached that it's like this, God loves you. And he does. But we just, we have these feel-good messages. God loves you. Uh, uh, we hear this that says, you can have a relationship with Jesus. And we have these other encouraging facts that a lot of people are preaching, biblical truths. But without the teaching of repentance, our sins, uh, repentance of our we won't be able to come into, are you listening, to that saving relationship with Jesus. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 13, verse 3 and 5. He said, unless you repent, you will all perish. That's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 13. He said, repent. It's part of the, of the gospel package. Amen. God's desire is to see the kingdom grow, not to have Christians hopping from church to church. Now, this is one of the biggest frustrations I have that I've seen as a minister, and I've been preaching this gospel for 31 years, but it is a sad thing to see how Christians go from one church to the next church to the next church. And you know why that happens? Because a lot of Christians take offense at what the pastor preaches. And when they take offense, they get out and they just move to another church and hope that the pastor is not going to expose their sins and the pastor is not going to preach on holiness and righteousness. You know, so, so the moment they get offended, they just move on to the next church. No, we have to stay in that church and grow grow because uh, this growth takes repentance from sin and to have faith in Christ. Amen. To move people out of the devil's kingdom, Luke chapter 11 verse 18, and into the kingdom of God. This is what is needed. But if you just keep going from church to church and, and you're not sitting and learning from the word of God, well, you know what? You're still going to act like the world and think like the world and operate like the world. So I want to read to you the scriptures today. In Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. And you know what? This is what I've learned um, in my ministry. Is that the word of God will speak for itself. All we have to do is just read the word. Amen. And that's what I'm going to do with you today. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And he says this. I charge you therefore before God... 
and the Lord Jesus Christ. I like that word. He says, I charge you. Another word is, I'm commanding you. I'm urging you. I'm telling you. Amen. Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Oh, did you hear that? He's going to judge us. There will be a judgment coming. He says he's going to judge the living and the dead. So you need to know that you and I will stand before God and we are going to be judged. Now, if you're a born-again Christian, he's not going to judge you for your sins. He's going to judge you for the wonderful things you did for his kingdom. Amen. And, and we're going to re we, we, the righteous, we're going to receive crowns and rewards for what we did for God and his kingdom. Just bear that in mind. The sinners will be judged for the sins they committed and not for believing in Jesus Christ. But we will be judged. Now, Paul says, I'm charging you before God this, uh, the following. Are you ready? Verse 2, he says, preach the word. Come on, say that with me. Preach the word. What are we to preach? The Bible, friends. We can't preach anything else. Don't go and preach somebody else's revelation. You preach the word. Let God speak to you. All right? Preach the word. Now listen to what Paul tells uh, uh, Timothy to do. He says, be ready in season and out of season. As a Christian, normally we just use this for preachers, but I want to tell you, as a Christian who is a witness for God, you are to be ready in season and out of season. Somebody says, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that um, you can wake up that morning and God can have predestined and planned somebody to come across your path who you need to witness. Those are those, those um, uh, un, uh, uh, unprepared encounters that you will have. Be ready in season and out of season, okay? And so you need to be open for God to use you. Maybe you get invited and you're sitting in a home cell group and somebody asks you to share a testimony. Well, you know, that's in season. But out of season is when you're walking in the street and you meet somebody and you begin to talk with them. Then you have that out of season experience. Now, this is what, what, what Paul says to Timothy that we should do. Now, friend, please hear my message. This is all part... Of repentance. He says, convince people, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. All of us have to apply this in our lives. We are to convince people about the word. We have to rebuke people for their sins. We've got to exhort people and get them uh, excited about Jesus. Uh, there has to be long suffering, meaning we have to bear with people, and then we also have to teach them. Verse 3 says, for the time will come, are you listening to me? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Uh-oh. The time will come, and I believe we are in those times right now when they will not endure sound doctrine. And do you know why not? But according to their own desires... Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Oh my goodness me. Now, if you've traveled around the world like I have, and I've, I've been in churches, I tell you what, I have been told. I have been told by ministers. They said to me, don't preach too long. Don't talk about sin. Don't talk about, uh, you know, repentance. We are a church of love and we are here to encourage the people and we want to bless those people who are seeking God. 
That's what I've had many times. And they were told they told me not to do what and then I you know, I I I cannot I cannot turn away from not preaching the truth. Paul said to Timothy preach the word. So I preach the word. And you know what happens? I've seen revival break out. And I've seen God turn lives around and people come to me and they say, we've never heard uh, a preaching like this. You know, why are we not hearing this type of preaching in our churches? I don't know why you're not hearing it. But the fact of the matter is that they are heaping up for themselves teachers, teachers who will preach messages to give, who have itching ears. And they just want to hear the nice things of the Bible, but they don't want to hear the true things of the Bible if you can get what I'm saying. So he says, but you, verse 5, are you listening? But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. <laughs> endure afflictions? Why did he send you? Because you're going to go through persecution. The moment you stand up for righteousness, holiness, purity, and you preach the way Paul preached and like Jesus preached, you know what? You, people are going to offend you. People are going to get mad at you. The moment you read letters like Paul wrote here, and you read, people take offense at that. They get mad at you for what you are preaching right now. So he says, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. I'm encouraging you today. Do the work of the evangelist and do what Paul told Timothy to do in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you to go and study. I'm not going to read it, but 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. Go and read it and you'll be more encouraged as Paul instructs Timothy what to do. Quickly, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 7 says this, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. There's going to come hard times. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters. They will be proud, blasphemers. Oh, uh, we see this all over the world right now. Disobedient to parents. We see the children like that. They'll be unthankful, unholy. They'll be unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Come on. Isn't that very evident in the days that we are living right now, that the people are just full of this and not full of the things of God? And he says in verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. You know, there are so many people who preach wonderful messages in the pulpit. It's true. They preach messages of encouragement. They'll prophesy positive messages. Uh, or I won't even say prophesy. They'll just encourage the people. But what we see is a lack of the power of God in these churches. It is a sad thing. There is no, there is no um, uh, altar calls being made. There is, no, uh, there is no casting out of devils. There's no laying hands of sick. There is no message of, uh, messages of repentance that's taking place. God loves you. Do whatever you want to do and uh, everything will be fine. No, friend. He says, uh, this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says, and from such people turn away. Be careful for those who are preaching messages that are just there to tickle your ears and to make you feel good. Verse 6 says, For of this sort are those who creep into the households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by the various lusts, always learning 
and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. My goodness. Forever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. What does that mean? There's so many people who can get into these deep theological teachings. They can give you all the Greek and the Hebrew meaning of everything. Yet the message of repentance and the simplicity of the gospel has been moved out of the churches. I'm very adamant on this. I'm very concerned because we need to preach a message of repentance. Uh, Jesus did it. John the Baptist did it. Paul preached it. And so we need to preach a message of repentance. My dear friend, if you are watching me the, uh, today, and I, and I want to ask you this question, have you given your life to Jesus? Have you repented completely of your sins? Have you turned from your wicked ways? Or are you standing with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God? I want to encourage you today. Give your life to Jesus. Repent of your sins. Turn from your wicked ways. Don't follow the ways of the world. Follow Jesus Christ. Amen. Your life is in a mess. Things are going wrong in your life. And, uh, and, and you know, you, you're asking why. Why is thing, things keep on going wrong? I try to give my heart to Jesus, but, you know, it just seems like it's not working. No. Repentance <clears throat> is of necessity. You have to turn away from your sins and follow Jesus with all of your heart. I want to pray with you right now. And if you say, Dion, Please pray for me. I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. Then close your eyes and say this prayer after me. But mean it from your heart and say, I'm really going to repent today and turn from my wicked ways and follow Jesus. Would you do that? Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me of all my sins. I confess my sins right now and I choose to turn away from my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. I invite you, Jesus, to come and live in my heart. I receive you now as my God and Savior. And I thank you that I am now born again. I thank you that I am saved and that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you pray that prayer, that's wonderful. I believe you gave your heart to Jesus, but now you have to. I'm telling you, you have to go to church. You have to read your Bible. You have to join a Bible study group. You have to get involved in the things of God because that's how you will be taken out of the world and into God's kingdom. When I say that, you're renewing of your mind. Amen. That's how growth comes. Spiritual growth comes. You'll never be the same again. I was never the same again when I did this. I gave my heart to Jesus. I went to church. I, I, I started studying the Word of God. And look now, 30 years later, I've led hundreds of thousands to the Lord. And we've seen miracles upon miracles. My friends, serve God with all of your heart. Join me next week. Time has run out. Join us next week as I continue on how to advance the kingdom of God. We love you so much. Jesus loves you so much. And serve him. Go be a witness for Jesus. Practice Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations and Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, do Mark chapter 16. These signs will follow those who believe. Lay hands, pray for the sick, let God use you. Amen. We love you so much. We'll catch you next week.
Thank you for listening and see you next time.